How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market side in New York City's Times Square. The guys here getting ready behind me for the big show. In the meantime, here's what's coming up next. Stocks have spiraled into a correction. With the Fed decision, a looming government shutdown, and big options expiration next week, we'll show you how to protect yourself from even more pain. Plus, retail stocks are reeling, with just 11 days left until Christmas. And Mike Coe and Carter Worth say the next retail shoe is about to drop. They'll lay it out. And transports are nearing a bear market. But Dan Nathan says there's one name in the group that could be so bad, it's good. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. And we start with the transports nearing a bear market, down 18% from its high. And it's been nothing but planes, trains, and annihilation for the group this month. Check out some of the hardest-hit names. FedEx and American Airlines both down around 20%. UPS, J.B. Hunt, Norfolk Southern all getting crushed. And with FedEx earnings out next week, could it deliver any sort of a bounce? Let's get in the money right now. And Dan is making a contrarian call on FedEx today. Well, you know, on this desk, so bad it's good almost means contrarian. It's really hard to press names that are down so much. FedEx is down 20% since that December 3rd post G20 gap. Remember when we had this big trade deal with China and the stock market gapped up and then we just have sold off since then? Well, FedEx has been down about 21% since then. That's most of its 25% decline on the year. The options market is implying about a 5.5% move in either direction next week. That is rich to its average over the last four quarters of about 3.25%. It's moved on average about the last 10 years about 3.5%. I think given this massive move over the last few weeks, there's a lot of bad news that is probably in the stock right here. Um, that being said, I think it's kind of a poster child for all of the issues that you just mentioned that are kind of weighing on U.S. stocks and global stocks for that matter. So to me, the way I look at this thing is it's trading at about 11 times this year's expected earnings growth of 14%, 9% sales growth. It's trading like investors don't believe that those numbers are accurate, that they're going to be lowered when they report next week. So here's the deal. If they don't report, um, guide down, the stock is likely to go up a little bit. And if we get any resolution to some of the issues that are overhanging um, stocks, multinationals like this, in the new year, it's going up then. So the trade that I want to do is a bit contrarian. It's with defined risk. I want to target that earnings date next week. And I want to do something called a call calendar. I want to look out of the money and I want to sell an out of the money short dated call to help finance the purchase of a longer dated call where I think maybe FedEx could see some better skies. So today when the stock was trading at about 184, you could by the December next week expiration, February 195 call calendar for $4.50, selling one of the December 195 calls at a buck fifty, buying one of the February uh, 195 calls for six bucks. That costs you four fifty. It's about two and a half percent of the stock price. That is your max gain. What do you want to do next week? You want this stock to move a bit higher, close to that 195 strike. The December call is going to expire worthless. You end up owning that February for four and a half bucks, two and a half percent of the underlying stock price. Really important level. I'm going to just get to. 
two charts, and I'm going to hand it over to these guys. We have a one-year chart. Look at this downtrend and making a series of lower highs and lower lows. It fell out of bed. That's the move over the last month. And then we have a five-year chart, I hope, um, which is showing some really key support on a long-term basis between 180 and 185. So I'm kind of playing for that the is really bad. Get some support here. A little decent news, better than expected. And then you get a move higher into the new year. You know, the valuation that you see here on FedEx, I think, is is pretty amazing. I mean, I don't think it's trading like they're not going to get the growth that people have previously for. It's it's actually trading like it's going to have negative revenue growth, negative EPS growth. This is a company that's grown the top line at anywhere from 4 to 13% year on year, every year for about a decade. The bottom line has been even better. And, you know, the options market may today have given a little bit of a sign that it agrees with you because earlier today and yesterday, the implied move was actually higher. The uncertainty going into earnings was higher. We started seeing the relative premium start to decline a little bit. That with the market trading essentially on its dead lows on the close, right? So you would normally expect to see those uncertainty figures rise. So it might be that some people are starting to take a look at this and say, you know what, maybe we are getting a little bit too pessimistic. Well, one thing, of course, to note is that the the action in FedEx is not really specific to FedEx. UPS and FedEx are doing the exact same thing. And that's not always the case, even though they are largely in the same business. From my point of view, uh, Dan cited the key levels. This feels as though it's a security that's been re-rated to where it belongs. And that um, getting long um, is maybe as 50-50 as getting short. And that, frankly, it's going to back and fill here, just as when you see oil plunge and then start to consolidate. I think the stock kind of goes dead after being highly dynamic becomes a, a bit dull. Yeah, here's the good thing about this trade. I wouldn't buy this stock here, and I wouldn't short it either. But this call calendar, what it does is it really gives me a one-week opportunity to have this thing trade up, maybe 10 bucks. And if that's the case, then that February 195 call that I'm long is going to appreciate. It's going to gain some deltas there. And then I have optionality. Then I could turn it into a vertical spread. I could turn it into a calendar again. So I like this as an options trade because I think it's an interesting setup for a couple of reasons you know, that might on, be. On the options trade front, I think it also makes some sense there. I mean, although we did see those relative premiums come in a little bit, they're still above average. And so when you're trying to figure out what do I buy, what do I sell, you try to buy things that are cheap, you try to sell things that are expensive. What's expensive right now are the front month options in FedEx going into earnings, into, of course, a very turbulent market. So to me, that makes uh, a great deal of sense as an options trade alone. All right. Now let's get to another group of stocks getting wrecked, and that would be retail. The XRT retail ETF ending today's session in a bear market as Costco shares cratered. And that's just one piece of the puzzle. Names like Tiffany, L Brands, and Best Buy all seeing double-digit declines in the last few weeks. Chartmaster says there's another retail shoe that could drop next week. So head over to the plasma. Show us. So, you know, we're going to look at Nike. What you're going to find, I think, is the setup's awfully similar to Costco. And uh, that, of course, would be good if Nike does what Costco did. Um, A comparative chart, two lines, XRT, you can see versus Nike. Nike's been the big outperformer. Now let me add a third line just for comparative purposes. Now take a look at that. Costco and Nike have been the darlings. They're both trading at or near uh, record valuations as most other retailers, including even Amazon, have finally uh, come under pressure. Each being a different business, I know that, but they've been treated the same in the market. And that, I think, is one of the uh, setups here for Nike to the downside. So Nike itself, how to draw the lines. There's so many ways. This is one way. Head and shoulders top. This is another way. A break in trend. Let's put it all together. You've got both. Um, Neckline is here. 
a break of the neckline would give you a Costco type sell-off. Earnings coming up, I'm a seller. All right, he's a seller, Mike, what's the trade? You know, this is a situation probably like a lot of others. You know, in a market like this, it's easy to be exceptionally pessimistic, I mean, given what we're seeing. What we are also seeing, though, is that this stock is not insubstantially off of its recent highs as well. I mean, what have we seen in Nike? What we have seen is, obviously, one of the things is the direct-to-consumer business that helped promote higher multiples. It's one of those areas that we've seen higher multiples recently. It has come off a little bit. You might say to yourself, okay, well, it's kind of hard to press a short here. The thing that I would point people to, though, is that these multiples still remain relatively elevated. This is still a name that trades at a premium to the market. It is still a name that trades at a premium to some of the historical multiples we've seen on this stock in just the last couple of years. The thing is, not wanting to get naked short a stock, especially going in as we did today on the dead lows. I think the way to do this is to simply look at a relatively near dated put spread. I was looking to January, the 72 and a half, 65 put spread. You could spend $3.05 for the 72 and a half puts when I was looking at this earlier and sell the 65s against it for 80 cents. I am selling that lower strike put largely because we are going into a catalyst, because we are in a volatile market. We are looking for opportunities to sell some options against the ones we're buying, kind of as Dan was with the trade that he outlined, because you know the vol suck that can happen if we either get a sharp rebound or if the news proves to be nothing can be quite sharp. And that's a good way to offset the elevated options premiums that we're seeing. Yeah. Dan, so this is a great example where Mike's options trade really fits with Carter's charts. When you think about the premium that Mike is spending and he's getting to that $70 breakdown level and look where that thing has support down at 65 and that would be the profit p- potential for this trade. Um, and I also like one thing. Listen, guys, we do not like doing weekly options into earnings events, that sort of thing, because if Mike gets the original uh, magnitude of the move wrong or maybe the initial direction wrong or maybe a little bit of the timing, by giving himself January, he can get bailed out in a lot of other ways here. So I think think, you know, when you marry those types of inputs, I like this trade here. And then you got to think that a name like Nike is right in the middle of the storm that's going on with global trade and everything like that. So that could be um, some of the things that take this thing lower. I mean, it is a poster child, right? For, for all, all trade. those things for currency, for trade wars. And it's still loved on the street, right? Short interest is very, very low. Um, it's a darling. Darlings have a way of sometimes coming apart. Costco today. You know, I, I think an important point, and Dan actually just alluded to this as well. I was talking a lot about the fact that when options premiums are expensive, you want to try to look for, for you know, other options to sell against it. But the other critical thing to do is to try to look at levels where you think the stock might find support if you're buying a put spread or where you think it might run into resistance if you're buying a call spread, for example. A reason why you actually want to sell those way out of the money options. The likelihood of getting to that 65 strike is actually significantly lower than it is of either getting to the break even or hitting that first strike. So I think it's important when you're looking at debit spreads in general to really consider looking at selling some of these out-of-the-money downside options in particular because those are the ones that tend to be the juiciest, the most expensive on the board. All right. For everything Options Action, you can check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. This week's edition reveals all of Carter's hair secrets. He's got a great head of hair. Here's what's coming up next. Stocks are on the fast track lower. And if you're worried it could get worse, Dan is a way to buy correction protection. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. 
How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Welcome back to Options Action. Stop me if you heard this before. Stocks are plunging. The S&P 500 firmly in a correction, down nearly 12% from its late September high, now down 3% on the year. And this as we head into a very important week for Wall Street. We've got the all-important Fed meeting on Wednesday, the deadline for the government on Friday, and the December options expiration. So given all the turmoil, how can you hedge again uh, against even more losses? Dan's over at the Plaza with a very special call to action. Dan. Very special, Mel. Well, here's the deal, right? So the options market is implying about a 2.5% move in the S&P 500 between now uh, and the end of the next week. When you think about that, the S&P uh, was down about 2% today. So it's actually pricing kind of like cheap movement between now uh, and the end of the next week. Here's also the thing. When you think about, we have two weeks to the end of the year. We have a stock market that is down more than 10% from its all-time highs. But the S&P is only down about 2.5% in the year. And I keep getting this question, how do I hedge about what could be a very uncertain period over the next couple months? We know there's going to be a deadline on China trade. We know that the Mueller investigation is heating up in a big, big way. And we know that there's a lot of other issues about global growth as we head into the new year. So let's look at the SPY. A lot of you guys have um, stock portfolios that are very correlated to the S&P 500. Here's the one-year chart. There's a couple levels that people are really focused on from earlier in the year, 257.50. That was the closing low here. We have not gotten there yet, but we did today close at a seven-month closing low. I think that's really important. This is kind of important uh, near-term support. Let's go to the five-year chart chart of the SPY really quickly. We had this really beautiful uptrend last year. Um, we really didn't have much volatility and we did not have any deep pullbacks in 2017. I think the S&P was up almost 20% of the year. But look at how volatile obviously we've been and now we're kind of limping in. Two 53 is kind of the low from this year, the intraday low from back in February. I think that's kind of a key level. And then if you look at that, there's kind of an air pocket below. That was the late 2016 post-election breakout here. And I think if you head into the new year, you're getting a little nervous about the price action right now um, that could continue into the new year. And maybe we get a 10, 15 percent drop as we did last January and February. You may want to think about SPY put spread. So today, when the ETF was trading at 261, you could look out at a put spread that would capture that whole range that I just talked about between 260 and 220. Um, you could look to buy the 260 220 put spread in February, paying $7 for that, buying one of the February 260 puts for $8 and selling one of the way out of the money 220 puts at a dollar. That costs you $7. It breaks even down at 253 and you can make up to $33 between 253 and 220. You know, the risk reward of this hedge is pretty interesting here. $7, it's just a 2.5% or three, almost 3% of the underlying ETF price, but you're going to get protection down to that really important support level over the next two months. I like the risk reward here if you're starting to get a little nervous at the end of the year. Yeah, what do you think of the levels here, Carter? Well, sure, I mean, that's the importance of levels. When you, when you, again, what causes a breakout or a breakdown is that you've returned to a common level, a intermediate high or low, repeatedly, and at some point, uh, all the supply or all the interest gives way and you break out or break down. The thing is, everyone's watching it and that makes it much more important because if and as you break, it becomes a self-fulfilling phenomenon. But here's the key thing. If you looked at Dan's uh, three-year chart, after a great period of ascent, volatility happens at transition periods. It happens at market tops and bottoms. Now, we've been going on for 10 years. This is not a market bottom. 
right? So this kind of volatility is symptomatic of people making big decisions, mostly uh, to the downside, trying to get away from equities. Yeah, I think that's a very good point on the volatility front. You think back to big market turns like the tech wreck in, in 2000. That's one of the things we absolutely saw. Generally speaking, as the market is in a period of ascension, what you're going to find is that volatility tends or to come Or even down. Like when yeah, you're coming really, down, it's quiet too. Yeah, things can be very quiet. But when you get to these transition periods, news is just jerking the market around fairly violently, and then you start seeing big gaps in volatility. The other thing I would say just about this structure, importantly, Look, we just had a really big move today. So we could have a very big move on Monday. Look at this structure rather than the specific strikes, I think, that Dan is choosing, or the prices at the very least. There is that level of maybe support that we might find. That's down 15% from where we are, which would obviously peak to trough be a very sharp and you know, stark decline, I would say. And you can speak to how often that happens. But the important thing to remember here is that when you put these put spreads on, you get very favorable risk rewards in things like SPY right now. I mean, because especially if you're going out to February, the implied volatility of those options, while it is higher, is not completely off the chart, so to speak. I mean, we did have actually even higher prices earlier this year when we saw a collapse of some of those short volatility funds. Dan? Yeah, and I would just mention that so earlier in the show, we mentioned some of these next week um, catalysts. We could see a bump after the Fed meeting. This, like, this is the sort of strategy you want to be tactical about. You want to not do it too frequently, be a huge drag on your portfolio results. But you got to do it. You got to be smart about the timing. You can't do it too frequently. Um, and look for opportunities like maybe one of these weirdo bounces that we get that gets sold off after some kind of phony event like uh, a dovish uh, rate hike. All right, Dan, thanks for that. Coming up, Costco crashing nearly 9% today, and that's great news for Cohen Carter. We'll tell you why. Plus, do you have a question about the crazy markets? Send us a tweet to add Options Action. The traders will try to answer them later in the show. We are live at the NASDAQ in Times Square. More Options Action still ahead. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Now, last week, Carter and Mike said Costco shares were heading for a crash on earnings. What's so telling, right, is that when you do adhere to a trend line beautifully and perfectly and then finally break, notice when you get back to the underbelly of the line, that's where it failed. That's deadly. So to recover back only to hit your head and then fail at that line is not what you want to see. That's bad action. I was looking at January, the 230, 240 call spread. When I was looking at this earlier today, you could sell that for $4.10. Sell the 230 call for 745, buy the 240 calls against it to hedge the upside at 335. It was a great call. Shares of Costco tanking today, now down 8% since the time of the trade. So, Mike, what do you do from here? Well, you can definitely close this because the money has been made. That option that you could have sold for nearly 75 bucks was less than a dollar today. I think it was $0.64 cents when I looked at these things last. And the other thing I would say is be sure to follow us on Twitter because this was not the only bearish note that we had out on Costco. We mentioned earlier this week that we were seeing some unusual activity. Somebody bought some puts on this thing. I think this is definitely you know something you want to do. Follow us on Twitter. Right. So, so here, tactically, we were in it for a reason. It was the earnings. Uh, that 
part has come and gone and to that extent, you take the money and run. More importantly, or separately, but related, does one have to make a major judgment now, not about the earnings, but what this is for Costco on an intermediate basis, not just today? And the implications are that there's more to come. Right. And you actually said that about XRT as well. That well, the that's right. Right. Terrible. So as you lose one player and you lose right. another player, I mean, think how much damage has done things like Tiffany and, and, and Tapestry. I mean, this is just day one for Costco in principle. It's interesting because Costco was down, what, 8, 9 percent today, but still up, you know, double right. digit percent right. of the year. And we're seeing that in a lot of prior leadership. And, and, you know, it almost feels like the year can't get done fast enough, because when you think about some of the mega cap techs, we lost Apple, we lost Alphabet. They're both down in the year. Um, but we still have Amazon. Microsoft that are still up a lot. This seems like one is like as long as 2018 is still open for business, it could keep going. Still at above average multiple, but the thing yeah. that they lost was margins, right? Yeah. So their right. revenues actually came in well. It was the EPS that missed. And when we think about basically the, one of the things that have propelled this bull market the whole time, we've had great margins, and that has a, they have been maintained or even widened as revenues increased. If that is a trend that we're going to see margin compression, and that really is real trouble. And also there was, that's right, target. consistently. And, and Costco had some trouble at one point in the year. There was the Amazon scare. You know, that always can return, too. I mean, this is not just the perfect thing that it has been heretofore. Something has changed. All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some of your tweets. Our first viewer asks the IBB Biotech ETF January 108.33 call trade is down 75%. Is there any hope left? Uh, Mike Carter. Yeah, yeah, well, the first thing I would say, not a lot of hope. Okay, so for first of all, we're, we're, more time has passed, so we have less time for the trade to work out, and we're further away from the strike, so the probability has gone down. You know, when you're in these long premium trades, and Dan has said this many times, you should cut your losses. You know, if you lose half your premium, you walk away, you have to reassess. Yeah, this is a little bit when you're hoping it's hopeless. I'm afraid if and as the market goes lower, IBB is going lower, and the strike now is, and the time is out of reach. You know, one other quick thing I would, you know, part of the thesis here was that it would outperform the market. It has done, yes, but the market has the market. been absolutely right. punched in the right. nose, so that is obviously downside. Buying the calls also was supposed to risk less than buying the stock, and it has done because you've lost two bucks or so instead of the seven or so that IBB has given up. But I don't think that there's much likelihood this is profitable in the long run now. All right. Time for the final call. Carter Brax North. Well, uh, Nike, it's my estimation it could very well do what Costco did. All right. Mike Coe. The 72 and a half, 65 put spread in Nike is the way to make a bearish bet going to earnings. Dan Nathan. Uh, yeah, I think with hedges you want to be tactical. So spy hedge, I think you want to wait for a little bit of a bounce next week and then slap. All right. That does it for us here on Options Action. See you back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't go anywhere. Mad Money starts right now. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.